Hey there, and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, skin lovers. It has been a little while since you've heard my voice because the podcast went on a little bit of a break while I went through a bit of a rebrand of the podcast, which is really exciting. I really want to be able to take this to the next level. And I have such amazing guests and such amazing um, conversations on my podcast that to bring it into a visual so now that you can see our faces so that I can share that in more places like Instagram Reels, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, and YouTube as well so that you can visually see us, hear us, which is really cool. So as you can see, I have an amazing guest with me today and you may or may not recognize her, but Kira, I reckon, has played a bit of a, I don't know, I feel like you've been a little bit of a background character for a little while within the industry, but I've always thought of you as like a main character, but every now, it could be the algorithm, every now and again, you pop up into my algorithm again in my feed (laughs) on Instagram and I'm like, oh, it's Kira. And I love seeing when you're putting things on Instagram and you said the same to me when we met at the AVIC cocktail party this year at Expo Weekend, you were like, oh, I just love seeing you in my algorithm. Like whenever I open up Instagram, you're always there and you're pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get you on the podcast before you pop. So- <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I am not quite as social media savvy as you are because girlfriend, you are the real queen. I feel like my algorithm does not allow me to miss out on any of your reels ever. Well, so, I mean, that's good. It's working. <laughs> it's working for sure. Yeah. It's so funny though when people say that because I just think it's a social media addiction and people are like, I want to be like you. I'm like, no, it's an addiction. I'm like, <laughs> you're either fully in it or you're not. It's a bit like skincare. You're either like fully going to commit to it and do it or you just like don't really do it at all, which is fine. Either way. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But yes, I occasionally pop up. It's, uh, yeah, social media is not a strength of mine, um, but I'm in and out. I'm in and out of the scene, you yeah. might say. Love it. So for those who don't know who you are, are you able to share a little bit about you, your background and how you got intertwined with the beauty industry? Totally. So I am Kira Maloney. Um, I come from a background in human resources and recruitment and originally started within corporate. So it was recruiting for the public sector, which is awful. (laughs) I didn't Very... know what you were going to use and I didn't know if you were going to use the word colourful, interesting, okay, awful. <laughs> Those are not suitable words when you're recruiting for government jobs. That's for sure. It's a very stale yeah. kind of... Uh, boring. I don't want to say, yeah, but boring exactly. There's a lot of red tape. It's 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 quite difficult. And so um, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for my personality. And I ended up applying for a role as internal HR for a franchise business here in Melbourne and the business grew substantially while I was there um, and I sort of decided to you know the beauty industry was it after that once once I started there and I got to know 
you know, a lot of the staff within the industry and the people, the personalities, it's not stale. It's not boring. It's very, (laughs) it's very, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of empathy and there's a lot of um, personality within the industry. So I definitely found my home within that role. And yeah, since I've sort of gone out on my own and started to do my own thing, um, it's, yeah, just, I guess, branching out, but staying within the beauty and aesthetic industry. Yeah. So do you just, because I noticed you were talking about recruitment there as well. Do you just do recruitment or do you still help with HR? What does that actually look like? Because I know for me, coming from a corporate background, you know, where I used to work for Ultraceuticals and then I worked for Advanced Skin Technology, we were very fortunate in the way that we had a HR department, you know, so if somebody upset us in the lunchroom, we could run and complain, which I'm sure you might have had <laughs> from time to time. But I do know in smaller beauty businesses, they might not have the luxury of having a HR department. Usually the or the people who own the business is the HR. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's normally what does happen within small business. I think the only the only businesses that have a HR de- department within beauty and aesthetics are franchise models. Yeah. Um, but I moved more into the recruitment space because that I could see was, especially through COVID with the skill shortages and things like that, that was a sore point for industry. Um, and I really wanted to focus on that. And I'm also associated with ABIC who have a team of HR experts. So I always, you know, if people need HR support, I'm referring people across to ABIC for that. But if they need recruitment support, that is where I'm helping industry. So, yeah. Very important roles for both. (laughs) Yes. talk a bit about ABIC. We were just talking about this before we hit record. So for those who don't know, ABIC is the Australian Beauty Industry Council. It was an mm-hmm. Australian Beauty or Aesthetic Beauty, sorry. Aesthetic Beauty, yep. Beauty Industry Council, technically for Australia. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it was nearly the Australian Beauty Industry Council, but it became Aesthetic and Beauty aesthetic. Industry Council. And that makes sense because the aesthetic industry is very much an industry on its own when mm-hmm. beauty as a whole, and that's the whole reason why this council was formed. But I think... For a little while there, when there was the takeover between Bute and ABIC, everybody was like, oh, well, it's not a, it's not Bute anymore. And we were talking about just before we hit the record button, it's not. It's definitely a beauty council and it's definitely about gathering as many people as we can to go to parliament, go to government with one voice. Mm-hmm. And that's the message that I really got across. Uh, well, not I got across, but I got from everybody who's in ABIC at Beauty Expo. So if you're not a part of that, definitely joined up. But I would yes. love to hear what your role is with that because there's so many resources within that membership. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a council member with ABIC. Um, I came on board definitely as somebody who, through the pandemic, what I could recognise was we were in these lockdowns and everybody was talking online and in the groups about you know, why is this happening and this needs to happen and this needs to change. And what I found quite frustrating is that there was really, really valid and important opinions being put across. But when they go onto a group with a bunch of other business owners, it's not always going to go, it's going to fall on deaf ears. It's the right people aren't going to hear it. So I was putting it out there, um, you need to go to your local members of parliament. You know, this is a letter template that I've put together. Send it. This is how you'll write that, write it, how you'll address them, all of those things. 
and uh, Tamara, who were, had already started to establish ABICS framework, saw what I was trying to achieve. And she's like, you are so on the same page as what we are and what we're trying to achieve. Um, so I came on board as a council member. And I guess with the council, we all collectively have the same vision, the same mission, what we're trying to achieve, but different skill sets. Yeah. And when such a huge challenge within the beauty and aesthetic industry right now is skill shortage and finding staff, that's where I'm trying to support the industry as a council member. So, you know, there's people on there who are really amazing educators. I mean, that's a space that I just cannot contribute to. So that's the beauty of AB because everybody that's involved has a really strong skill set in a particular area where they can contribute to ABIC. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think having somebody of your skill set is so valuable and what an awesome resource too. Like I'm sure there's lots of things that you've created to help business owners. And I'm sure you probably have people picking your brain all the time with like, you know, even once people have recruited staff members, you know, what sort of contracts do they need to have? What sort of things can they and can't they do in terms mm-hmm. of like penalty rates and things like that. And yeah. I know that that's also something that, um you know, with the Queen's Day of Mourning this Thursday that they actually have implemented, which I know by the time this podcast comes out, that would have well and truly passed. But <laughs> I saw Abic so quick to respond to that with amazing resources and posts and things like that to really explain to business owners what they can and can't do in this situation. Yeah. Absolutely. The internal team with ABIC are so quick. I don't contribute to that side of things, but we have an internal team, Mm -hmm. um, which I used to be a part of as a facilitator. And they are like, as as soon as there's some kind of information that needs to be delivered, they're on it straight away. So helpful. I love that so much. And I noticed something else that you said there, skill shortage in the industry. That's really Mm -hmm. why I wanted to bring you on the podcast. Very selfish of me. I do, a lot of my audience are self-employed, but there are a small amount that are beginning to grow their teams. And every second post we see in all of the groups is where do we find staff? And it mm. hasn't been something that has just come about. It's been something that's been happening for a little while. And it's interesting because now there's a big focus on staff retention, which mm-hmm. I think is equally as important. If you've got great staff, you want to be looking after them so that they don't actually want to leave. But if people are still looking for staff, what are some of the ways that you're suggesting people find staff within the beauty industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of the time people's default when they're looking for staff is they go, okay, I'm ready to onboard someone. And they go, I'm going to put a seek ad up and wait and see what comes through. That's right. And um the skill shortage is not necessarily like people are getting applicants, they're, especially within the beauty and aesthetic industries, they're getting applicants. But the skill shortage is that it's a skill shortage. And our industry has changed and advanced so much and so quickly that the skills of candidates out there don't match the technological change that's occurred. Ah, that's really so- important to note then. Yes, very much so, because obviously, you know, there's every year there's a certain number of graduates that come out of college, but none of them have touched a medical grade laser machine by the time that they're finishing um, their qualification. And that's where, you know, uh, waxing obviously has a place um, within our industry, but a majority of hair removal. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's laser. Yes. 
You know what? I was actually at the APAN conference earlier this year and they had the French Beauty Academy there. They had, um, I think it was their marketing team actually, and it was quite clever. And they were there to talk about the skill shortage. And they also were saying that through COVID, we've seen the lipstick effect, which is when people can't spend money on their usual luxuries. So they spend money on things like small cosmetics or skincare or little things that they can afford that are going mm -hmm. to make them feel better. And so through COVID, not only have we seen a rise of the beauty industry and the rise of like skincare becoming like such a massive thing. I literally had a um, meeting this morning with a TikTok manager and she was rattling off all these bloody skincare ideas. I was like, how do you know so much? She's like, because it's the big thing at the moment. She's like, and I love that you're doing this. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> then at the same time, they were saying how there's been a lot of um, government funding that has been cut to those who are wanting to study beauty. But I was like, well, I'm still seeing like at least 15 people graduate per co cohort. So where are they all going? And I think you've just summarized it. It's yeah. The industry has really progressed quite quickly. You know, you look at what people are doing now. They're doing things like plasma, skin needling. You're right, like RF, laser. And that's not what they're teaching at beauty therapy. <laughs> no, if you if you want to get those, if you want to attain those skills prior to starting in a workplace you have to do your bachelor of dermal science that's the only way that you're going to access that or, or advanced diploma um and that is a costly investment as well as at a time investment it's not just that sort of one year course and the problem that we've got in our industry is that there are businesses out there that are taking cert threes and training them on a laser machine in-house very little training yeah. um and the practical yes so there's there's these really ethical businesses out there that want to do the right thing and have the right qualifications and have the right skill sets before they operate that machinery yeah. but they're competing with businesses that are literally taking someone with not even a diploma not even a cert three just a laser safety certificate yeah who's been working on a reception desk somewhere and allowing them to provide treatments. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a challenging time. The skill shortage, look, there's no denying that uh, there are less applicants coming through, even people who have the, the right skills. Um, but it is more about what skills do we need in our industry right now? What are clients wanting in terms of treatments and who actually can fulfill that need? I hope you are enjoying today's episode. Before we get back into it, I just had to share with you my brand new program that is going to skyrocket your confidence when it comes to educating your clients on their skin concerns. And as a result, increase product sales, treatment bookings, and the best part, client results. When you sign up to explain skin concerns like a boss, not only do you get my training that shares with you exactly how I explain each skin concern to clients, but you also get my skin concern flashcards that you can use as a visual tool during consultations. Imagine if you could increase average client spend by $100 or more simply just by educating them. As my gift to you, I'd love to give you $100 off your purchase. Click the link below in the show notes and use code EXPLAIN100 at the checkout. Now let's get back to today's episode. I've got a cheeky question then as well, because a lot of people slide into my DM saying, do you think I should go and study my bachelor's? And I've done it. And if I had my time over again, 
would I go and do that first? Probably not because I feel like a lot of people can go do their beauty therapy, which is a prerequisite. I had to sit an exam to be able to bypass that step to show that I was serious about the industry. So, you know, that's a lot of training for somebody just to get a low entry paying job. I really want to say that. And I really don't want to say that. But when I first entered the industry with my bachelor, I was getting paid like $26.50 an hour. Yeah. It's not a huge incentive to go and spend whatever it is, 10 grand on your beauty therapy and then go spend an extra 24 grand on your dermal, end up with all this debt to not get paid a lot. So what do you think the solution is? Do you reckon there needs to be more regulation in terms of like the different classifications of therapists? Oh, 100%. There is absolutely no denying that there needs to be a better or a, 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 a much stronger line drawn in the sand between a beauty therapist and a dermal clinician. Yeah. You know, there's the keywords like skin therapists and right. dermal therapists that are popping up. Yeah. And and they are they are self-proclaimed you know, names that therapists are, are providing for themselves. It's not qualification-based. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't say you're a doctor unless you have completed the right qualification and registered re- with the right body. Yeah. But in our industry, there's a, it's a free-for-all. It really and is. Yeah, I think that what's important for people like yourself to know is that if red tape ever does go up around our industry... Yeah that your job and what you do is safe and you also would become a niche. Mm. Not to say that that's going to happen because, and it's a long way off if it ever does happen. Yeah, no, a lot of um, people are quite frightened that it is going to happen and then their skills are going to be redundant and then they're going to have to fork out a heap of money to like meet this new standard. So I'm glad that you did point that out. It It's a standard that... Um, how much can I say here? It's a standard <laughs> that ABIC is advocating for mm. to an extent, not to put people out of jobs, but to recognise businesses that have That's right. specific qualifications within them um, and educating general public on those qualifications and what they mean. Um, you know, there's people who still would only go to a dermatologist for a skin needling treatment. Yeah. And that person is you know, you decide, are they educated on what the right thing to do is or not? Right. Yeah, you know, maybe not. Um, and there's but a lot of devices. Yeah. People buying devices online on eBay and just starting to do skin needling. Oh, I can't, and don't, I can't. The regulation will be good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I think that there's a really fine line between managing a shortage, not creating more of a shortage by putting red tape up, but, but more so elevating and recognising those higher qualifications and not to, I don't want to say putting them on a pedestal, but creating more recognition around what their skills are. Um, And yeah, general public understanding that I think is important. I think that's where you're going with that. It's making sure that women in this industry spend tons on their education. There's no doubt about that. So to be able to recognize that, I think they'll be like, oh my gosh, thank gosh. It actually counts towards something as well. And yeah. yeah, the public then will be like, okay, well, 
I'm going to go to them versus them because they've got the qualifications. They bought the device off eBay and decided to start shop. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Don't even get me started on devices. I can't, I'm not, I'm not contributing to that conversation. <laughs> I'll just get angry. <laughs> well, I mean, you're speaking to me so we could get angry. <laughs> <laughs> The amount, um, amount of reels I get sent and I'm like, I can't respond to that. Like it won't look good. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And there's, yeah, there's, there's the, the risk of yes. a lot of people being angry yes. about what you have to say. Um, but yeah, to go back to the question, I think the skill shortage, it is about our industry moving so quickly. Mm. Um, but, you know, the question also is, are people using the right strategies to recruit staff at the moment? I yeah, don't know. I was say, so then if you don't recommend to just like pop it on seek and get a million applications and sift through it, not even because I would agree that people are still applying because I've heard some interesting stories. I heard of one recently where a lady was like, somebody literally just applied. She showed up and she's like, I'm a banker, but I think I want to get into skin. And she was like, you, you're here for a trade test. You told me you're qualified. She's like, I've never touched a wax stick in my life. I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> that is like, wild. Where else do you reckon I advertise? She's like, can I post in your group? And I was like, not quite sure. Like definitely, but I just don't have the answers to this. So what are some little cheeky things without? <laughs> yeah. Happened? I think, yeah, look, there's, there's businesses out there that are encouraging those candidates to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to name names, but they literally their recruitment campaigns are based on are you want, are you interested in skin? Are you, you know, and yeah. And um, oh, I, my heart skipped a beat when I saw that job, that, that recruitment campaign. But um, I think that, you know, when you are advertising, what technically, what sort of happens is people, they advertise on seek, they don't get a result and they go, okay, now what am I going to try? Then they advertise on all the Facebook groups and they don't get a result. So then they're like, what do I try next? And they kind of go through, you know, these four or five different strategies for recruitment and they've spent all this money at the end of it and they've wasted like 12 weeks worth of recruitment. So what happens a lot of the time are people coming to Headhunter, they're coming to me and they're saying, I've been trying to recruit for the last three months and my staff member's pregnant and the time is getting really close. I'm not going to have a handover. Like, what do I do? And essentially what we do is a lot of the things that they've tried, we're doing all of those things at once. So we are creating a recruitment campaign for the business mm-hmm. that advertisers on seek we write the job ad for them um we you know we run a a sponsored social media campaign um we're advertising on all of the other platforms that we can see get traction and we're also trying to enable that business to headhunt candidates as well yeah and headhunter yeah ethically i was about to say i'm like oh but yes ethically yeah ethically which I will put a disclaimer here and explain how it is ethical and what the differences are between poaching and headhunting. Um, but, you know, when you run a campaign, it's a campaign. It's that. It's it's going everywhere. You want to blast this job ad anywhere, everywhere, and so that that person, you know, they're sitting on the couch 9 o'clock at night, they've just knocked off work, you know, their boss is showing them no mentorship, no respect, 
barely paying them. We want that person to be scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and see that ad. Um, Because right now, the way that a lot of businesses are advertising, they're relying on the candidate to come and find them and their vacancy. Whereas Headhunter want to enable businesses to go to and headhunt the candidate. Yeah. So that's, I think, the the strategy is that it's, you know, if you're a beauty therapist or dermal therapist, dermal clinician, laser technician, lash and brow tech, whatever you are, (laughs) um, all of the above, and you're out of work right now, <laughs> you know, it's pretty uncommon. It's very, very uncommon that you would if see you somebody a lot of choice as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very competitive out there. Yeah. So I think that competitive you know, for businesses, not for the therapists. Correct. So mm-hmm. I think it's something that um, the 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 best people are working. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to work. They're doing their job, and they're coming home. But if they heard about or saw the right opportunity appear in front of them without any effort, yeah, they would show interest. And that's the candidate we want to go after. Yeah. And that just happens. I feel like everybody is either with, you know, a company or a business for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Yep. It's just what it is. You know, yep. not everyone's going to be somewhere forever or some people like, this is my forever job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with staying with a business long term, but there's also nothing wrong with going, okay, I've been here for three, two, three years. Yeah. I'm ready to take the next step, you know, broaden my horizons. Um, natural. Yeah, it's, it is very natural. So yeah, but ethical headhunting. <laughs> yes, I love that. I feel like I put you under the fire with a lot of hard hitting questions and I'm really impressed, but I just, I get a lot of the hard hitting questions. And I'm like, I don't know how to answer these sometimes. <laughs> oh, hit me um, with the hard questions for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's why when I ran into you, I was like, oh, I think I need to get you on my podcast. So I really appreciate you coming on. If people are listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, that's me. I have been looking for ages. Maybe I need Kira to help me. What do you do in the way of helping businesses recruit staff? Yeah, so we have basically got our campaigns. You can choose which campaign you want and it really awesome. depends on... It depends on what your need is. If you're the type of business that just wants to make one phone call to me and tell me about your business and you want me to write the ad, me to post it, our social media team to create a campaign for you, that is a a package that you can purchase. But if you just want to advertise on social media with us, um, that's a package as well. It's, you know, lowest pricing up to highest pricing depends entirely on what your need and requirement is um but you're not going to pay there's not like a more than a thousand dollar package that you're going to pay we want to keep it affordable because we can understand it's hard out there yeah love that so much because I definitely have seen a few people saying I have no idea where to find people I'm just going to be like go to Kira yeah (laughs) yes come talk to me I can help to this episode Yes, absolutely. I love it. Well, I'll pop all the links to your Instagram and everything down below on the show notes. But thank you so much for jumping on the podcast today. I know that you've just given so many gold nuggets. As I said, I really felt like I threw a lot of hard hitting questions at you, but you answered them so well. And I really appreciate you jumping on with me today. No, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at Skin Queen. That's Queen with three E's. And I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.